it's really cool to have all of you guys at the interview because you know yeah sure yeah, usually it's only like one person or something so i think it should be really fun uh so like um to introduce myself my name is hell and i'm doing like kind of i have a channel on youtube and a podcast and i mostly speak to metal bands about how they function and how they get you know out of the basement and this is how i call these interviews the benchman yeah yeah so um i'm interested mostly in behind the scenes and can you tell me how does your band actually function i mean who's in charge of what how is the creative process and everything how does your band function oh um we meet up every monday morning uh, everyone and then we rehearse until we're satisfied uh, this time around we were lucky enough to be uh, locked down. So we spend a lot of Mondays and Fridays writing the record that's coming out. Um, everyone is helping out with all the merchandise. We're sending it ourselves from our rehearsal space. And then we have a meeting as well with our manager each Monday. And oh, then, well, uh, manager is in Denmark as well, right? Yeah, that's my brother. Okay, the family yep. business. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Basically, everyone participates in writing the songs and writing the lyrics and f figuring out what's going to be on the record and what's going to be on the merchandise and what we're saying in interviews. And so everyone is in charge, I guess. Yeah, I, I think uh, as much responsibility that are within our reach, we'll try to take that in our own hands. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And um, apart from being in the band, uh, do you have jobs like daytime jobs or something? Yes. Yes. And can you tell yes. me who, what's, what are your occupations? Like? Um, I'm a school teacher. Um, I teach uh, um, primary and uh, secondary schoolers at the time. Uh, I was actually called to work, so I, I didn't didn't rehearse I, I just met in today um, yeah so we have some some caretakers and some chefs and some uh, some lumberjacks as well so that's uh, it's broad yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And would you would you like to become you know a full-time band is it like something that you're striving for or do you want to yeah that's what we dream yeah about you know yeah. but for obvious reasons now, it's not going to happen uh, because we can't tour, but whenever we can, we're going to do it, of course. And I think we're, we're not struggling when we're touring and doing records. We're able to take the time off work and do this without being financially ruined or anything. So we're a part-time professional band and the last step is to become a full-time professional band. And that's uh, hopefully after this third record, something that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm waiting that's what we for this record a lot. I'm really interested in how it's going to work out for you guys. Because and also, um, I always um, talk to musicians about like the promotional stuff and like how how did you get out of the basement and what do you think was your like key to success, like to you know to blast out there? Mm. Definitely 
that everyone agreed that we were going to play as much as possible mm -hmm. and that we were going to write as much as possible and that uh, Jens, our manager, was going to be able to book as much as possible. So then we started, it was in 2016, April. And from then on, we just played in, I think it, we figured out it was going to be basically every week, one or two gigs every week since, and that's, that statistic is now ruined because of COVID, but that's actually been how we spend our time since 2016. Yeah. Mm. The game's neat. Uh, uh, average. Yeah. Uh, a gig a week in average. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is try to be professional and uh, <clears throat> show up on time and leave on time and deliver the interviews on time and respond to emails on the same day as a label sends them or as a booker sends them, you know, try to be as professional at everything yeah, as treat, possible. Treat it as a, as a professional job uh, as much as possible. Yeah. And communicate with, uh, with all kind of, uh, can you say actors in, in the industry? Yeah. And fans, mm. we just uh, started our own fan group uh, just for the super loyal ones to have a, a more special place to be. They get a special newsletter with updates before everyone else does. And they have this special forum for them to communicate. And they're going to get some t-shirts and patches and whatever. You can join too. Yeah. Again, I, let's go. I'm on Facebook, so I'm going to join like up to yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be awesome in that group. I think uh, it's going to be really, really fun to have something like really mm -hmm. intense social media going on. Yeah, yeah, I know because we're doing the same, pretty much the same with our band, and I've been running our Patreon page for two years, and it's been a huge support. And we even, you know, we're an independent band, but we funded our album entirely only with the help, like of the closest fans, you know. And, oh, sick! And we really communicate every day. I know, like, uh, what pets they have. Like, even though there are many people out there, but still, it's it's a very cool thing. To do nice. and it brings them closer you know and they also start spreading the word about the band even more because they're you know closer to you and everything yeah, yeah they're a part, part of the group and that's uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. so yeah basically you just have to be work harder than all the other bands around you um and yeah that's what we're trying to do all the time cool um, obviously, I want to ask you about the label because you've been signed to a major label and did your you know, band life and everything change like before signing and after signing? What's the difference? <clears throat> Work-wise, it's the same. You know, we haven't structurally made anything different, but uh, of course, there's a, there's a step up, you know, it's when when you have like this super huge and serious professional partner you have to step your game up as well you know and i remember like writing the signing the contract it's like okay we need lawyers uh, here and we need so it, it was just you know yeah our, our biggest investment in the band yeah. at the point was actually paying the lawyer who read the contract yeah and yeah. He, he used half an hour and there was a shit ton of money yeah <laughs> That saved us a lot of money mm -hmm. in the contract. You know, um, basically, whatever you do, a song or a, try to create an, some artwork or whatever, you have to 
tell the label about it. Then, then the label actually have a say in mm. if they like it or not. We're, we're going to decide eventually. We can do what we want, but they're going to say if they like it or not. And then I think that's a great um, option to have someone who really knows how this market works and release thousands of records a year and know all the other artists. And whenever they're happy with what you're doing, you know you're doing something right because yeah. the, the other bands we have on the labels like Skeletal Remains uh, releasing some pretty amazing records and we're not getting yelled at or told to do anything different. So we're like, okay, we're the same direction as the other good bands. So, but yeah, I think we have to take it a bit more seriously after joining yeah. the label. I see. I see. So they are not like pushing you anything to do or maybe forcing you to make the records faster or something like that. So far. Oh, it's more like a sparing. Uh, I, I think we're call it. Yeah. We're like super a partner. fast. <laughs> we, we are super fast writing the records and they are sometimes like our booking like could you please wait or just because we didn't even tour with this one yet or what's going on but we we just put out more songs because we write more songs all the time so that's natural for us but you know century media is isn't a boss it's more like a working partner so if they they want to help us with everything we do and we want to help them create a nice, uh, you know, release. So if they need all these interviews or uh, pitch texts or whatever they need, we're going to give them the best so they can deliver the best material to you guys out there or whoever is going to read it. All the material you got from Century Media, that's us who did it in basically in this room. Oh, I really love your space, by the way, you know, when I see it on Instagram and everything, I think it's super important to have some spot for the band to create and to hang out. By the way, do you hang out a lot, like apart from recording and touring and everything? Yeah, this, this past month, it's been every Friday um, <laughs> with a bit too much partying going on. So every rehearsal starts with cleaning, um, but that's, that's fun, I guess. Yeah, we like to hang out and just have, have fun together. Tell tour stories. Think about yeah. when we could tour. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a pain in the ass for everybody. Like for this. Yeah, that was just <laughs> uh, by the way, um, as for the touring, uh, do you have like maybe some bright memory that pops to your mind? You know, touring stories or something like that. Maybe a funny one or maybe you know some things that you faced some complications anything like you are in the message oh well there's just a shitload of stories isn't there um actually i think moody should tell the one with the helmet because you got to try it with the bat oh yeah we should take uh, we went on tour with a bat in the uh, when was it in 2018 yeah september yeah and uh, it was like Four, four or five shows and at the end of the tour we had to take like a picture of the whole group and it took like 45 minutes together everybody uh, together and um, then about was like oh two seconds and then he just ran away and we stood a group of 20 people just waiting <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back with a helmet that he had to head on <laughs> at the, in the picture. 
the leather helmet yeah. or something. Yeah, we, we all got to try the helmet. <laughs> yeah, it was like yelling a sick, loud voice from, from like the upper deck. And then he was like jumping down the stairs, maybe even. And then like, just like another person or something like that. Yeah. And then he placed the helmet. And that's the same day, you know, we were sitting in our backstage room, just waiting to do the sound check and all. And all of a sudden, just a guy with a tiny mohawk put his head up and asked, uh, do you guys know where Abad is? And we were like, no. And he left and everyone, it dawned on us, it was uh, that was Attila from, from Mayhem who just asked us if we know where Abad was. And we asked, uh, no. <laughs> if it's notable, you can see that Abad is, is giving... Oh, yeah. He's he's helping Moody put the helmet on, <laughs> and if you look at his, yeah, you can't see his face, but he looks like someone who's done a lot of a lot of cocaine. Actually. <laughs> but he didn't on that tour. Oh, but did he not? Probably <laughs> did. By the way, when you're touring, <laughs> when you're touring, are you going like full rock and roll, meaning you know uh, having after show parties and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we, we do that actually as much as we can because I think there at some point we, we, can, we can't do it anymore and we just started touring like in 2018. So I think we have to do that definitely the first 10 years or something and then maybe we think about <laughs> slowing yeah. down after that. But it's within, you know... It's only beers, so it, yeah. It's like we have responsibility at the same yeah. time. You just can't go full party all the time because because then you'll be kicked off a tour, you know. It's yeah. it's it's like it's it's that uh, fine line between working and partying. <laughs> yeah. That we ha that you have to be good to balance. Yeah, and you know, like the crew isn't that for our yeah yeah for our instance the the crew isn't that uh, big. So so we have to to uh, yeah to do some work ourselves as well. We have to do the work. Yeah. But it's it's more fun. To work. It's more fun to work and party, you know. It is. Exactly, we planned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we've had we've had a lot of time because we've we've only been the supporting band, so so we've we have maybe we've had to play from seven to eight or something, and then <laughs> and then we have the whole night just watching the the main band's shows yeah. every yeah. night and having fun. And yep. It's impossible not to. I think if, if we were to do the headline show, we, we wouldn't drink before and then there wouldn't be as much time afterwards. But we yeah. maybe still manage to get it done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With okay. all the, we did a full decapitated tour uh, where everyone was in the merchandise booth every night because everyone loves decapitated. So we were just standing together and watching the whole show. That was amazing. Yeah. That was how many shows? 29 or something maybe yeah 29 oh, shows or something just watching the same band and then the last 10 show was in poland so their home turf that was pretty sick as well yeah i know yeah, we did the same thing at the last tour with yeah with two baby and bought it to watch them every yeah. night was funny as hell <laughs> you <laughs> had to drink some beers yeah <laughs> one day lg and the drummer ole from Entune were like going to a bar in Portugal and they asked me if I wanted to join and I of course wanted to join those guys 
then I was really, really nervous because I was missing loading and stuff. And I wrote the other guys, sorry, I'm, I'm missing this, but I'm drinking with these guys. And everyone was like, it's okay. <laughs> we'll take care of the work. Just stay and drink. <laughs> I had to throw up before the show. And it was a great day. Yeah, that's really cool. I know what you mean, because we were also like touring as supporting bands and I found it really fun like to watch the same band like but a, you know a really professional band who's been out there for many years and it was interesting because some bands they do pretty much the same rehearsed show every night because they like outline everything others they yeah. are improvising every night so it's it's so much fun and so much to learn and I really miss touring as much as you guys and I really hope mm -hmm. that We'll get back to that really soon. And by the way, how is uh, is it now in Denmark? Is it like a full lockdown, no shows happening, or uh, school yeah. schools just opened up for the yeah. smallest kids today? Yeah, uh, my first day at work today. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the kids from like seven, six years till like ten years are going to school right now. So everything zero, else is locked. Yeah, everything yeah. else is locked. Yeah. But you already like the vaccination process has already started, right? Is yeah, one point five percent is through the vaccination, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, but then all of a sudden, uh, the the German company wouldn't be sending the vaccines yeah. because they were delayed, or but just Those yesterday, yeah. the the f the firm taking care of all the testing got fired by yeah. the state. So yeah. Everything is still pretty fucked. Yeah, I think it's because of the British, uh, the British, British. variant uh, <laughs> that we can't open up right now. The numbers B are, huh? But right now, yeah, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah. Nope. Right now we're just waiting. Yeah. Waiting for. Yeah. And is there like off-top question? Is it is there something special about being a Danish metal band? Um, we do get a question a lot of the times asking, why didn't, why are you guys making it some way, and ill-disposed Hatesphere, Kanka, and the other guys didn't? Um, so the special part is that Danish bands didn't make it. <laughs> or do you guys know Volbeat? And it was like, mm -hmm. so it's special, but not in a, it's not a quality right now, I think. Maybe for some of the German fans, but yeah. basically internationally, a Danish band isn't like something, ooh. I don't think it was ever like a scene that was like super tight, like the Uteborg no. uh, scene or the Stockholm scene. Like, so it's like, and you can see that now too, like every metal band coming out of Denmark is its own genre, you know. It's it's so diverse, so we don't have that strong musically togetherness tightness. But but uh, I think that the environment is blossoming here in Denmark, and that's yeah. that's a good thing. And then I think we're proud of Copenhagen, uh, the festival in, yeah. in Copenhagen. Yeah. It's a pretty sick festival. I think that's that's made a good platform. A good platform to start off. Yeah. yeah to, if you play Copenhagen, then you you fucking made it, right? So. And is there like um, some kind of an in infrastructure, you know, in the music industry? Meaning, do you have like um, heavy metal webzines or maybe I don't know some 
some support happening like within the metal scene are you supportive like the fans maybe other representatives the, whole, of the music industry maybe the government i don't know the whole music scene in denmark is really heavily supported by the government mm -hmm. i think we got a lot a lot of support by the government mm. um and you know if you're a small band or play a small venue in denmark you're still going to get paid you're still going to get some nice uh dinner and drinks mm -hmm. and uh, you're always able to get a free car most of the time you can just apply like uh, the big beer companies have their own band wagons and mm -hmm. often bands get that wagon and that, yeah. that's for free and the ferry is for free when you ride in that car so it's basically pre pretty luxurious to be a band in denmark yeah and there are a lot of like um showcase festivals as well yeah, we yeah. got spot festival we got we still got uh coben hill is a big actor and coben hill freezes over coben hill freezes over which basically got our uh management contract with uh century media yeah the record deal, yeah. yeah we have music export denmark denmark which yeah. is trying to uh to export danish music into yeah. to the uh, internationals as well yeah. And the um, venues are good, you know, it's always a professional sound yeah. guy. The PA is great. Yeah, it's proper venues, yeah. It's, it's proper, proper venues, yeah. Our first tour was in the south of uh, Czechoslovakia, whatever it's called. And that was a pretty... Czech Republic. Czech Republic. That was a pretty different experience. <laughs> yeah. The first thing we saw was we got out of the car and then a guy with no arms, no, one arm and no legs, was just driving by in his small scooter with an umbrella. We went into the place we were supposed to stay and there was no one speaking English. One guy spoke German, but he had a big ass tattoo of Putin like right on his arm. <laughs> and we're like, this this is a different scene. Yes. <laughs> so well, I, Danish, say, I, I performed in Denmark for several times and Danish backstage is my favorite. I think that you have like the best backstage and like, um, I remember that I like, you know, I'm opening the doors and there is a, like a small candle, you know, at the table and everything. And I'm like, what is happening here? You know, after the German backstage and after, yeah, yeah like it's, it's spoiling a lot. The, the, Netherlands, yeah, the Netherlands, the Netherlands backstage yeah. is a nice backstage as well. Yeah. I it's the same standards in the, is the, the, uh, the Dutch fans are really, they're like Danish fans, but way more energetic like they like the music yeah. danish fans uh, don't often they're just super boring super and intimidating and yeah. like um, <laughs> they can be yeah they, they can, can be. be but most most are cool well in germany they also have like depending on the area they can also stand like that you know yeah but i figured out that if you oh, talk to them in german from stage it makes you know makes sense exactly if you speak German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I should like study, I should learn French as well because it's the same. Yeah. Well, the French the French uh, fans are more like energetic, but still if you know French then you're yeah. the star. <laughs> Just a few phrases can actually yeah. cheer them up and they feel like you always try to learn something. You yeah. always say that. Now I'm in a new country. I need to learn to say something today. And then you try and sometimes you succeed, but yeah. Other times you don't. <laughs> yeah. The, the worst one you did was that uh, in Poland, where you said the, the Russian. Oh uh, yeah, I said I said "spasiba" in Poland, which was a big mistake. Yeah, uh, obviously. Is it Nostrovi? Yeah. Oh, what? 
no, no, you, uh, uh, what do you, you, you're from Ukraine, right? <laughs> you, yes. you know what? Actually, a lot of bands who come to Ukraine, like international, they also say Spasiba from stage, but it's not Spasiba. And no, no, no. worse than in Poland. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they went like, boo! Yeah. <laughs> can be, can be. Well, like booing. Uh, can I, yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> Whenever a big bands play in Denmark, they say, what's up, Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's I actually so saw I, a Motley Crue where they, uh, a Swedish guy threw a Swedish flag up on stage and they didn't know, so they were it and run around on stage. Yeah, woo! And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know where the fuck you are. I think the drummer came down from the drum set to tell him it was the wrong flag. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> So you're planning to release the new album and what's next? You're just waiting for tours or is there any B plan B, you know, if the stage is not opening up? Uh, we've moved a couple tours a couple times now. We still have the opening slot for Anselmo and his uh, Pantera set coming up. We're playing Russia first in July. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Uh, we don't know if there's any COVID in Russia. Russia says there isn't, so uh, yeah. uh, let's see. Um, then we have our own headlining tour in Denmark and Europe in the fall. Um, but yeah, Lesse wrote a new riff last Monday and I brought in a new riff today. So we're just gonna write some more riffs and uh, we're doing a TV appearance the, the day before the release mm -hmm. and some more uh, special stuff. Yeah. I think we're gonna we, we released a rum, so we're gonna do some some cooking with the rum. That's yeah. that's one uh, yeah. That's the plan. That's a fun project. Yeah. For the Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna if we can't go to it, we will definitely build that even more further up. Yeah? yeah. The plan is to meet up every Monday still and uh, <laughs> yeah. find out what's gonna happen. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for um, allowing me to drop into your Monday <laughs> as well. And um, I wish you a lot of success. I hope that maybe sometimes we meet at the backstage somewhere at the festival. Maybe. What's, what's your band? Ignea. It's not a death metal band. It's a, like melodic, sometimes death, sometimes not. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. If you spot us on some, some of the same bills, uh, be sure to, to write us an email and we'll yeah, have a beer. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Of course. Bye. Yes. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Bandsman, a podcast about everything that bands are doing with their management to get out of the basement. If you have a band and would like to share your experience, contact us through the email that you can find in the description to this episode. Subscribe to our podcast today. New episodes will be out every week. Our talks are also available on YouTube. You can find the link to our channel and social profiles in the description.